All right, good morning. Good day. Hello, church. My name is Austin. I'm a part of the team here at Waypoint. <clears throat> so how are y'all doing today? All right. I got a good double thumbs up over there. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if you're new here, uh, or if it's been a minute uh, since you've joined us, um, you picked a good day to be here. Uh, we're halfway through this series we're in called Shabbat, um, and Shabbat is the Hebrew word for Sabbath, and that's what has been our conversation and will be our conversation uh, throughout the month of July is Sabbath, um, which literally means the word Shabbat in Hebrew literally means to stop, but it could also mean to rest, delight, and worship. So we've covered, we've covered the ideas of Sabbath as stopping and resting, and we've already gone through those um, because it is impossible, in my opinion, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's pretty close to impossible to rest if you don't stop. It's impossible to rest if you don't stop first. So I invite you, uh, if you missed those conversations, um, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them on our website or watch them wherever you want to watch them um, because they're not only relevant to today, they're also essential. They're essential to our time today, those two ideas, stopping and resting. Now, because we are halfway through the series, um, I thought I would just do um, what I'm calling just a, a congregational check-in, as they say. I actually don't know if anyone says that, so... I think I'm, yeah, I don't even say that. I don't know why I said that. Okay, um, but I, wanted, I just want to check in with you guys. We're midway through this series, and so I just want to ask some questions. Um, has anyone thought more about the idea of Sabbath over the last three weeks? Okay, see, see a few hands. You can be honest. It's okay. Like, no, no shame here. I, this is for me. This is, this is just so, so I know where we're going. Um, I'll ask this. Has anyone attempted to Sabbath since we started talking about this idea? Okay. A few, few more hands. Um, has anyone just thought of what the Sabbath might look like in their life over the last two weeks? Maybe that thought has crossed your mind. Okay. Last question. Would anyone be more interested in more resources about the Sabbath moving forward even after this series? Okay, two more hands. All right, how many of you are just waiting for this series to be over? <laughs> okay, don't answer that. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm only partially kidding. And the reason, actually, I'm being kind of serious with that one. I'm only partially kidding because ideas like stopping, ideas like resting, these are pretty countercultural ideas. This is, it's kind of been the, where we've started our conversations in the last two weeks. For many of us, like, even if we could stop, had the time to stop, or the space or freedom to, um, I'm becoming increasingly more convinced that we wouldn't even know how to. And rest. We talked about rest last week. And we, we said, you know, it, rest, it sounds really good, and we genuinely do want to rest. But more often than not, it's really just something that we hope we can do someday. Someday when I'm not busy, which is, it'll be never. Like, right? It's, 
We're inundated with busyness. Okay, it's a part of our lives. And so rest just ends up being reserved for, uh, for those who have passed, right? <laughs> it, they've earned it, eternal rest. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Can, you can sleep when you're dead, right? Isn't that how it goes? And so my point is, because Sabbath invites us to stop and rest, most of us won't. Obviously, I hope and pray that that isn't true, but the reality is we love the ideas of Jesus and the ideas that he has, but more often than not, we resist and even resent his ways. Why? Why is that? Because they invite change. They invite change. And, and it's, not just, it's not just the instant gratification of information and insight. That's his ideas, right? Jesus has got great ideas, but th- that's not all that he invites us to. He invites us to change, not just like mental assent or understanding, right, but embodied by transformation and change, real change, actual transformation. A new creation is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. But because transformation and change aren't instantly gratifying, many of us don't. And sadly, some of us think we can't. Change and transformation is a long and often painful process, and while it might not be instantly gratifying, the outcome, however long it takes, will be exponentially more deeply gratifying. Sabbath invites change. It also requires preparation, discipline, and boundaries, and we kind of covered those loosely last week, which, of course, are all things that we naturally love, right? Some of y'all are sleeping this morning. Is it just the summertime? Is that like, are we late night last night? But I won't take it personally, okay? I'm glad that this is a safe place for you to close your eyes and let, let, God, let God be God, okay? <laughs> right? Um, but preparation, discipline, and boundaries are hard because they deny, they force us to deny our desires and they infringe on our freedom. And we love our freedom. We love the freedom to satisfy our desires, to do whatever we want, whenever we want. Except Sabbath, Sabbath is meant to be a day set apart, a day unlike the other sixth, blessed and holy. In order to stop and rest one day every week, you are going to have to prepare, you're going to have to set boundaries, and have the discipline to resist, just like we talked about last week. And I'm convinced that's why most people don't practice Sabbath. Because it's hard. And a deeper layer, I'm aware that we live in a community where, depending on how you were raised, the idea of Sabbath and boundaries is synonymous with rules. It's synonymous with a rules religion infatuated with legalism or adherence to the laws and those rules. Sabbath was a day marked by, only by all the things you didn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do. And perhaps our conversations these past two weeks have brought some feelings, some thoughts, um, emotions perhaps to the service uh, that you, you had forgotten. 
Maybe you'd forgotten it along with the day that made you feel that way, especially in regards to the things that we should be stopping and resting from. And so whatever it is, whatever feeling guilt, shame, frustration, or anger even, um, I just I want to take a second up here to say thank you. Thank you for, for coming and being here and engaging, even engaging with just showing up. Um, I don't know how deep your cuts are from your upbringing or what that looks like, um, but I do know that Jesus, who calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath, meets you where you are at. And so I'd like to reread his invitation to us once more from Matthew chapter 11 this morning uh, before we uh, really dive in. Uh, this is from the message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I'm a pastor, so that's a bit of an occupational hazard for me. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, and I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'd also like to share an excerpt from Wayne Muller's book uh, called Sabbath, um, and it's this. The God who made the Sabbath is not a cranky schoolmaster always forbidding, coercing obedience, and watching sniveling subjects slinking around in a cowardly compliance. The Sabbath commandment comes from a kind, wise teacher who does not like to see us suffer. Let me make it easier for you, God says. If you work all week and forget to rest, you will become brittle and hard and lose precious nourish nourishment and joy. He goes on to say, forgetting the Sabbath is like forgetting to unwrap the most beautiful gift under the tree. And I love that. And so whatever your experience is, your history is with Sabbath, I implore you not to forget the Sabbath. And I invite you to remember that Sabbath was a gift long before it was ever a command. It was a gift. Most of our time spent around the idea of Sabbath uh, in this series so far has revolved around what we don't do. <laughs> And that's been fun, right? I will say I've been ready to get past those first two weeks. Um, so what do we do on the Sabbath? What do we do? And if Sabbath is a gift, what does that mean? I want to ask this. What's the best thing that we can do with a gift? Or how can we best show um, appreciation for a gift that we receive? Any thoughts? Someone said, thanks, yep. I think that's a start for sure, absolutely. But have you ever gotten socks on Christmas? Most of us probably have, or, we, or we've gotten something that we're like, oh, thank you. I love it. <laughs> right, where's the next gift? Okay, so, right, it's, it's one of those things, especially with socks, you get those, well, actually, I really like socks, and I need socks. I'm those guys, that, I'm one of the guys Maybe your kids are like this. I grew up to just be a guy that loses his socks. I don't know where they go. I think my dog might eat them. I don't know. That's what I told my wife, Morgan. But anyway, um, we're just like, thank you so much. Yet compare that, compare that to 
For me, opening up a Nintendo 64 in 1999, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. For some of you, well, it's like a Sega Genesis. I don't know how old you are. I don't want to label or date you, okay? Maybe that dated me. I don't know. But, or like a G.I. Joe set with the tank or the helicopter, right? Or the Star Wars Lego Death Star replica, right? Man, even if I got that today, I would freak out. Like, I would, I would lose my crap, honestly. And so, like, I wouldn't just say thank you. Like, it would, I would be tearing that thing open right away and being ready to just enjoy it right away. I'd be putting it together while opening up another gift. The best way to show appreciation for a gift is to thoroughly enjoy it, to delight in it. What we are supposed to do on the Sabbath is enjoy it, delight in it. Go with me to Genesis, starting in chapter 1, verse 31. And if you can't tell, we have like this series just has a home base in, in certain verses. Rest is riddled throughout the scriptures. We could have gone into Mark 2. We could have talked about things that Paul says about rest, but these are foundational verses for us in this series. And so you might be getting tired of it. You're like, man, Austin, can we just like get some real Bible preaching up here? Like, the reality is these, these ways and practices of Jesus that God put into the fabric of the universe are so important to us. We can come every Sunday and hear a new message and consume a new message every Sunday, but if we never live that out in our lives, we won't change. We won't transform. A new creation. I'm convinced Sabbath Sabbath is something we can do to help us grow and be transformed more into the person of Christ. So that's why we're, we're grounding ourselves in these, in these few scriptures. This is Genesis 1.31, starting there. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all its vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested, Sabbath, from all the work he had created, from all the work of creating that he had done. As you know, the word translated rested is Shabbat in Hebrew. And while, again, it literally means to stop or cease or finish um, or to rest in this case, uh, it also has the idea of celebration, that God delighted in all his work. The idea here isn't that God was exhausted from all his work and needed a break. It's more like the feeling that you get after mowing the lawn, blowing the grass, pulling some weeds. The lines are clean and straight, right? The, the grass is blown off the sidewalk. Your landscaping looks great. I, I guess I'm just talking to the guys in the room. I don't know. Maybe some of you ladies enjoy that. Maybe it's cathartic for you, too. I think it's very cathartic, right? And so it just looks cleaned up. It looks beautiful. It looks good. And you sit down on your porch with a cold drink, and you just, you just enjoy it, the work that you did. Or it's that feeling when you, when you finish or complete a work project that was months long, and so you throw a party with your coworkers, 
or you've just finished a hard season of life and you just kind of get to breathe for a while. That's the feeling of Sabbath. Another thing I want to point out is that God blessed the Sabbath day. The word blessed is the word baruch here. The word baruch can be translated to bless, but also to make happy. The Sabbath is a happy day. An entire 24-hour period of time. Some of us can't like do a full 24-hour period. I get that. We've encouraged you or invited you to even just an hour, okay? But it's time set aside to follow God's example, to stop, to rest, to delight. To delight in God's world is to let your mind focus on all that is very good in the earth. Because it's so easy to lose sight of how much goodness there is in our lives. Neuroscientists tell us that our mind is drawn to the negative over the positive at a rate of around 14 to 1. 14 to 1. And then your mo- there's your mother-in-law, where it's like more like 99 to 1. I don't know. Brenda, if you're listening, it was a joke. Okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> On the Sabbath, though, we discipline ourselves to remember, as the Sabbath command has it, just how many blessings or happy things we have in our life. Finally, we delight in God himself, in the access we have through Jesus' death and resurrection and the coming of the Spirit. We delight in God himself, and especially on the Sabbath. We get to participate in the flow of love and joy and peace between the Father, Son, and Spirit, that community and that communion by setting our life before God and lifting up our heart to Him in prayer and saying, God, this day is for you. It's set apart. It looks different for you. Many of us have yet to learn how to enjoy God, right? Believe in Him. Yeah, that that makes sense. Learn from Him. Yeah, Jesus Jesus has great teachings. Okay, God's got story throughout history. It's a, it's a part of mankind's story, okay? Like, we, we, can, we can learn from that. Like, obey him. Yeah, okay. Delight in him. I don't know. What does that mean? What does that look like? The longer I follow Jesus and the more I give my life to him, the more I give in prayer Silence, gratitude, and I'm starting with Sabbath, the more increasingly good I realize God is, the joy that he radiates. As we draw near to him, we draw near to all that our heart is aching for, full delight. And of course, few of us have the capacity for full delight. We talked about uh, satisfaction, right, a few weeks ago. But I love the way that Dan Allender puts this in his book called Sabbath. (laughs) Um, It says, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is the best day of our lives, Without question or thought, it is the best day of the week. It is the best, it is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sabbath is the holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, watch creation in all its fullness. 
Few people are willing to enter the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy, set apart, because a day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Here's another good quote. This is from a theologian, Marva Dawn, in her book called Keeping Sabbath Holy. Observing the Sabbath gives us the opportunity to be as careful as we can to fill our lives with beauty and to share beauty with the world around us. When we observe a day especially set apart for beauty, all the rest of life is made more beautiful. In a larger sense, the whole practice of Sabbath keeping makes me feel more beautiful as I spend the day reflecting on the character of God. I am overwhelmed by his love for me. As I feast upon his goodness in all its beautiful forms, I realize more profoundly that I am a special part of his creation and designed especially for his purposes in a unique and beautiful way. In other words, this idea, this practice of Sabbath centers us on our true identity in Christ. So hopefully you're beginning to see that Sabbath is not this dreary, like religious observance day duty. Yes, I said duty. It is a life-giving day of delight. How do we delight? How do we delight? Because this joy... This idea to enjoy a day, enjoy God's, is somewhat foreign to us, but it's not only foreign to us, it's foreign to our culture especially, and even to our brains, right? Remember 14 to 1, or your mother-in-law, 99 to 1, I don't know. A few things I want to invite us to think about, maybe even do. First one would be slow down. Hurry, enjoy are incompatible. Hurry and joy are incompatible. It's like when you're trying to rally the kids to get somewhere. Like, you are not joyful. <laughs> Some of you laugh because you're in that stage of life right now. Like, it is, it, you and your spouse, especially if, like, there's a bad comment that you shouldn't have said, and you know you shouldn't have said it, but it came out because you were hurried. Hurry and joy are incompatible. Delight demands that we slow down and savor the goodness of each moment. I love this quote by, um, oh, uh, Corey Tenboom. I think I have it on there. Um, it says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And busyness ultimately has the same effect in our lives. They both, busyness and hurry, they both cut us off from the connection to God, to other people, and even to our own soul. So first, we've got to slow down. If you're a type A, get her done, impatient kind of person by nature, this is going to be a little bit difficult for you, okay? If you're not the kind of guy that likes to, like, stop and smell the roses or gal, like, this is going to be a little hard. And so I would, I would encourage you to make this a part of your daily prayer, whatever this looks like, to ask Jesus how to slow you down and then be aware of when he does because <laughs> it might look like Slow traffic, that's a real one. It might look like, oh man, the list could go on for me. But when God tries to slow you down, or when he does, uh, be open to it, especially if you ask for it. Secondly, 
It will require us to put boundaries around our day, to enter the Sabbath uh, delight. It's going to require us to say no to some things in order to say yes to other things, more importantly, things that lead us to joy. Marva Don writes once again, she says, we don't know how to feast because we don't know how to fast. Like in my opinion, if this isn't the epitome of our culture, meaning we don't know how to save, savor each bite of food because all we do all week is indulge from binging on Netflix to being overly busy with too many people and things that we, even, we just lose time for our most precious relationships. Part of Sabbath is learning how to slow down our life overall, but it's also learning how to live in moderation during the week. In order to turn Sabbath into a, a discipline, or a, sorry, a discipline of celebration, which is what a theologian Richard Foster calls it, a, a, a way to bring joy into your life, in order to turn Sabbath into that, we have got to learn to slow down and live in moderation. Remember that quote from week one? You probably don't, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. People who Sabbath live all seven days differently. And I think that's really important for us to remember. But this is going to require boundaries during the week and on Sabbath. And so a good beginning, a good place for you to start that Morgan and I actually, my wife Morgan and I, we just did this last night, um, is to make two lists, or we started it. We didn't write the lists, but we had the conversation. She's not in here. Um, but it's a list of I will list and an I will not list. And so as you are developing your two lists, um, it can be a bit tricky to discern uh, if, it, if an activity is a good fit for the Sabbath, right? And so I would just run every potential activity through this grid of stop, rest, delight, and worship. Is this stopping? Is this stopping what I normally do during the week? Okay? So if you're a mechanic, if, is it, if for you to work on your car on the Sabbath, is that stopping? Okay, but if you're a mechanic and you love gardening, go for it. Right? But if you're a landscaper, you get what I'm saying here? Maybe wait for a better time, or maybe try to prepare your week a little better as well. Do something else. Do something that is stopping, resting, delighting, and worship. Run it through that grid. Is it resting? Am I resting when I am doing this? Do I feel at rest, or is it reminding me of the work that I have to do throughout the week? We talked about how it releases the same chemicals in your brain. When you are at home resting and the thought of work comes in your mind, you get the same chemicals in your brain as you would if you were sitting at work at the office doing the work. And so it's important for us, is this resting? And then second, is it delighting? Does it spark joy? Is this worshiping? Does it connect me more deeply to God? And this isn't about legalism. It's actually about the freedom to enjoy the Sabbath free of care because you know God cares and you know God's got this. It's a trust exercise as much as it is a practice to grow in our relationship with God. A good friend, with, a good friend of mine shared this week, actually last week, that he just decided to put away his to-do to list entirely. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm like, this dude, type A, up there at the top, loves to get stuff done. It's like, that... I don't know what it is for you, but it might be something like that. 
And again, these are not rules to, to burden you, but they are boundaries to guard the Sabbath day from all that is ugly, sad, and untrue and replace it with beauty, joy, and life with God. Third and finally, um, it's going to require yourself to, to give yourself joy, to find joy in some things. And so I think a good place to start with this is a question. Again, I think good questions lead to good answers. Even better questions lead to even better answers. So ask yourself this. What could I do for a 24-hour period that would bring me deep joy in God? Okay? Um, the Sabbath. It is a day of joy. So let's find things to enjoy on your Sabbath. Psychologists, they call this thing when you, when you kind of set apart a bunch of things that you really enjoy, whether you do this for your birthday or for your anniversary, and you, you just do it because it's your birthday or because it's your anniversary, they call it pleasure stacking. When you go to your favorite restaurant, you have your favorite dessert, you're with your favorite people, right? You're doing your favorite thing because it's my birthday and I want to do it that way, right? So they call this pleasure stacking. The Sabbath, friends, is a day for pleasure stacking. Eat the foods you're not supposed to or that you don't normally eat during the week. Have dessert twice or just have dessert in general if you don't have dessert, okay? But find something. No offense, if you're like, if you're full-on keto or gluten-free or dairy-free, because maybe if you have a medical reason, by all means, stick to it. But if you don't because you're just like, I want to be healthy, guys, you, you really can't do a Sabbath feast without having the good stuff, Okay? You gotta, you gotta enjoy it, okay? And I'm not talking about like full-on hedonism, okay? This is all in the boundary of Sabbath, practicing Sabbath, okay? It's a day for pleasure. So here are a few traditional ideas for us: um, feasting, right? Feasting is by far the most popular. Um, this is start your Sabbath or end your Sabbath with a meal that you love food that you love. Second would be community. Celebrate or enjoy the Sabbath with people that you love. Gratitude. Gratitude is a practice by which we focus on what we have, not what we need, lack, or want. And as a result, we realize just how rich our lives are. Play. Play with your kids. Go golf. Play. Have fun. Make love to your spouse. Um, in, ancient, in ancient Jewish writing, uh, there's, there's a practice where every Friday, there's a sect in the Jewish practice, every, every start of Sabbath, that's when traditionally the Jewish Sabbath, Jewish Sabbath starts as Friday night to Saturday night. Um, and you, it's a part of it. It's in the, the book of law for them. You have sex with your spouse. Some of you guys are sitting here like, honey, it's Sabbath. <laughs> That'll be the day you look forward to. All right, I digress. We need to keep going here. But it's, it's pleasure stacking. This is talking about things that God created us to enjoy. Some sex, some, some sex of Jewish um, would say it four times. I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. Okay? Last one, nature. Anything beautiful, anything wonderful out in nature, fine. Go on walks, trails, bike ride. Experience God's creation. 
and, and, and take it in. Observe it and take it in. All of it is just a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing for your soul. Right? And there's, there's so much more that we could add to this list that, that are on a traditional list. You know, art, poetry, music, singing, dancing, laughter, walking, picnics, flowers, sweets, time with family, friends outdoors, watching sunsets. Like, find stuff that you enjoy and do those things. Now, the reality is, the reality is, sometimes the Sabbath comes in a season of life that is full of sadness or just craziness because of overwork or overactivity during the previous six days of the week. And on Sabbath, we just crash. We just crash. And our bodies are just, we, we can't even play with our kids. Like, we're just tired. We're just in a slump. We have seasons of this. And often on the Sabbath, when we have space in the quiet to just breathe, when we create that space, what can happen is the feelings that we've been running away from, the feelings that we've been suppressing, the feelings that, like, that are there but they haven't caught up to us yet, well, they catch up with us. There's a phrase for this called the Sabbath sadness. And the key is not to fight the Sabbath sadness or let it discourage you as if the Sabbath isn't working for you, it's just not for you, but rather let it pass over you. like a wave, like the tides and the seasons of life as they change and move. Let it pass over you. Jesus' desire for us isn't for us to bypass our pain or suppress our pain or get stuck in it, but to go through it and in time come out this other side. This is the death and resurrection pattern laid out for us by the cross, by Jesus himself. Delight is not a denial from pain or of pain. It's determination to move through the pain courageously and honestly and patiently and into delight, into joy. This is why the Sabbath comes every seven days, to remind us of the goodness of our life with God in all the seasons of our lives, including the ones that don't feel very good. Sabbath comes at the end of a great week and at the end of a terrible one, when we've finished all the things on the, our to-do list or when we're completely overwhelmed by it, when there's a reason to celebrate and there's a reason for sorrow and mourning in the long, sunny, hot days of summer and in the short, dark, cold days of winter, when all is well and when all is falling apart, Sabbath comes to remind us that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. In those seasons where our prayers are unanswered, our dreams are crushed, when we feel God's absence more than we do his presence, the Sabbath comes like a rhythm. It comes and with a sense of peace of trust in God, despite our circumstances, not because of them, Sabbath comes. And Sabbath, it teaches us to delight and be happy in all the seasons of our lives. Or as Paul said, to rejoice, rejoice, like to have joy in the Lord always. And this is the invitation of Jesus, to come, to find rest for your souls, to learn from this six-day, one-day rest, work-rest pattern 
There is a time for work, for sweat, and fast, and fasting, and lamenting. There is a time for all seasons. And there is a time to stop and rest and delight and rejoice. Amen? I think that there are, um, there are a lot of reasons why this could be difficult for us. And so I invite you, as we move into this time of worship, band, you guys can make your way up on stage. As we go into this time of worship, I just, um, you know, maybe you haven't thought about Sabbath at all. That's okay. Jesus meets you where you're at, friends. My goal isn't up here, isn't to get up here and intimidate us, to, to guilt us, to shame us, and anything like that. My goal is for us to move into a deeper, more intimate, whole, healthy relationship and communion with Jesus, with God the creator of the universe. I believe Sabbath is one of the ways we can do that. And so I invite you as we pray, as we sing, to prayerfully consider what that might look like for your life as we move forward uh, through this over the next few weeks. Um, more specifically, next weekend, um, it's going to look really different. Uh, we're gonna, I mean, obviously, Gary, I told you we're going to be outside, so dress accordingly. Um, but I'm calling it a delight Sunday. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to come. We're going to worship together. Um, I'll remind us while, why we're all there and why this looks different. But we're going to feast. We're going to cook out, have, a great have some great food. There's going to be uh, barbecue chicken, king's chicken, mac and cheese, coleslaw, the good stuff, okay? At least for me. But we're going to delight. We're going to play games. We're going to play with our kids. We're going to make time to delight in our community as a church. To be together and laugh and praise God with our joyful hearts and worship him with our joyful hearts and our time together. So it's going to be different. But I hope you join us. I hope you choose to delight with us next Sunday. I know there's a lot going on. You could be, you know, tied up at the fair parade or whatever. Um, but come, we're, we plan to eat around 11. I don't know when the parade starts, uh, but go after and delight some more in some great fair food. I don't know. And have fun watching your kids be amazed by the parade as they throw candy at you and stuff, right? It's going to be a Sunday of delight. Join us.